0: Welcome everybody to episode two of the Growth Perspective. I'm here with Sunny Whiting and uh, she is uh, pretty awesome. She writes and produces a lot of music and uh, she's she's been a good friend for a long time. So uh, Sunny, how are we doing?
1: Good, how are good. you? I'm
0: doing awesome, good. doing awesome. Uh, thanks for coming out. This is, uh, you're the first guest on the show and uh, hopefully there will be many more in the future but uh, it's quite a exciting
1: time yeah thanks you know
0: (laughs) all right um so just uh getting started um let me ask you a little bit um just so that the viewers and I can kind of be on the same page um what uh what's your background so like how um what was your family situation growing up like how how were you brought up in this in this beautiful earth that we have
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so growing up I started out public schooled I did for uh, kindergarten and first grade okay. and then my mom decided to homeschool and she was inspired by some of my cousins that were homeschooling that were really successful and mm-hmm. so she wanted to start homeschooling me and so she started homeschooling my entire family so I was the only sibling out of six I'm the oldest of six five girls and one boy um, we all were homeschooled and I was the only one that was slightly public schooled for like a couple years but mm-hmm. um, and so yeah we grew up in West Jordan, Utah I was there for the majority of my life. Um, but then right before coming so I'm currently at BYU going into commercial music and my family just moved to Eagle Mountain, so I got to live there a year with them before I came to BYU. So wow. yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yes, and uh now at your new house in West Jordan you guys uh you raise horses, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh I've seen I've seen a few of them and they're very pretty and very
1: and he's I, ridden one of them i have ridden one of them
0: <laughs> i uh i really like horses and so getting over getting to go over and visit and kind of pretend take care of them for a day and ride them it was it's pretty cool so yeah um okay well moving on we kind of know what you're going up in uh and you're you're pretty into music mm-hmm. um i mean that's kind of like what you're doing with yeah. your life, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, was your family, like, pretty musical before you decided to get into it, or was it, like...
1: So, um, so <laughs> no, I could, well, I mean, they were, but it was kind of more like, we just loved music and we're good at it, <laughs> or something that I, we and we all enjoyed doing individually. I was just taking piano lessons, you know, like most kids. Right. And I just, I don't know, I really, it's just something that came really naturally for me, Um, but kind of like as a history, my great grandpa, (laughs) um, I call him grandpa Wes, his name is Wesley Mastin. He was a jazz musician throughout his life. Um, and he was like, he would play with local like jazz bands for, you know, school dances and different things. And he was on the news and he just did a bunch of stuff with music growing up and throughout his life. And then he kind of inspired me. I currently actually have his baby ring on my on one of my necklaces and i wear it every time i perform because i always think of him and i'm currently in syncopation the jazz vocal ensemble at byu so like i especially like wear that necklace every time i perform thinking of him so he's like kind of my inspiration so
0: that's so cool so syncopation is that is that a jazz ensemble yeah so
1: it's like a vocal jazz ensemble
0: okay that's way cool so i mean i guess your your performance season kind of got cut short but where were some mm. cool places that you guys got to perform? and
1: So we got to perform with New York Voices. Really? Yeah, which is the, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty internationally, pretty well-known. One of the best well-known jazz vocal groups uh-huh. out there. So we got to perform with them right before this whole pandemic happened. Right, and was and that cool here experience. in Utah? Yeah. So it was a, it was on campus at BYU. So. Wow,
0: that's awesome. It was a
1: cool experience. They actually asked us if they could come perform with us because they came and did a workshop and like worked with our group like uh-huh. a couple months before, prior, and then they really liked working with us. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do a concert like last minute. So we were like, sweet. So we pulled yeah. a couple songs together. It was really fun.
0: So like not so. to brag, but like, but like you also get a brag because you're like <laughs> this super cool group was like, hey we just worked with these students and they were like awesome so we want to go and work with them again. Yeah it was pretty fun. Yeah that's way cool. Um, So as far as your BYU music life has gone how has that been so far? So it sounds like you just got accepted into their music program. Yes
1: so I'm in the music program going into commercial music. Uh, It was pretty hard to get into. I didn't get in the first year but the second year I just got in. They only accept like 10 applicants out of the hundreds. They Mm -hmm. have like an 18 percent acceptance rate or something I don't know wow. yeah per year and so it was pretty com- pretty difficult but finally made it in super grateful and excited and commercial music's basically just kind of like um, songwriting audio production like you know creating commercial commercial use songs that you would hear on the radio mm-hmm. and like some you can you do like music scoring and and lots of and like you know just music business and yeah. music marketing kind of just what I'm already doing but I decided
0: to major in it so. right just yeah. to kind of hone your skills yeah. and be able to kind of see yeah. what the not not that you're not a professional but what like no, the yeah, people who sure. are who have been doing it for a while what they're doing and yeah
1: because for me it's been more intuitive for a long time but mm-hmm. like I'm really excited to gain more of like the like the
0: actual production aspect right of it right like
1: the techno- I I don't know the right word for it but just the more right Technicist being able to work skills. with
0: technology and yeah. how and the
1: theory too like the... right i i knew i i did like AP music theory growing up but like you know like actually
0: mm-hmm. understanding seeing, it
1: on a deeper level yeah
0: just really how music works in a theory yeah. side and yeah. not just a feeling side yeah yeah that's way cool that's way cool um so sunny what was it that first brought you to have a love for music
1: so, I, the first thing I ever did musical other than piano when I was like five, was a play, um, kind of like musical theater, but to kind of preface what got me into music, uh, when I was really, really little, I've always had a passion for animals, and I... I was like, okay, I'm gonna I had all these plans by the time I was like five. Like I'm gonna be a vet. I'm super <laughs> excited. Da, da, da. And so when I was eight I started I specifically loved horses. So I loved like the idea of equine therapy or like being a mm-hmm. an equine vet or something like that. And so I did many things growing up with horses. Like I when I was eight I was taking horse lessons. I I worked I volunteered at a place called Cur Drains, which kind of um it kinda like it gives therapy to kids, like equine through equine therapy, kind of like with horses, like helping them to ride, kids who are autistic and have like physical disabilities as well. And so it was really cool, I got to do that for a while. Um, I just, I loved horses. And so my mom said that, okay, when you're, when you've earned an X amount of money, if you save up, I think it's like $5,000 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you save up that much, then we'll help you buy your first horse. And I was super, super excited about it. And so I was saving up a ton. I would just babysit all the time and all these things. Just, you know, what you do when you're, like, 10. Right. And so, I was just like, I'm going to get a horse. And all my friends are like, why aren't you saving that up for, like, a car or something? I'm like, because I want a horse. I don't care, you know, about cars. I don't, you know, I want a horse. Right. And so, um, I had a lot of naysayers, but I just kept doing it. I didn't really, you know.
0: Naysayers? Huh? Because, N- like, horses say <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. Um,
1: yeah, naysayers. Um, and so... See, where was I? That was a good joke. Sorry, that's... that's no, it's I, I totally
0: made it's you lose good. your train of thought. <laughs> it's
1: good. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, I was doing all this stuff, and I was, like... I just, like, had took every opportunity I could to be with horses. And then I was, like, doing musicals on the side and, like, kind of playing some instruments, like guitar, piano, because I just had... I loved music. And then I joined an acapella group as, like, kind of, like, more of a hobby, but horses was going to be my main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through this acapella group, I went to a competition called vocal sport and there were judges there and one of the judges her name is deborah bonner i don't mm-hmm. know if any of the listeners are familiar with the bonner family but they kind of do stuff for the lds church and things like that and so deborah bonner is the mom of that family um they're Afri- they're an african-american family and she was a talent scout a judge at the competition and after she met with me and or she, she sought me out and said, Hey, I want to meet with you. And I want to talk to you about maybe doing voice lessons. Now, at the time I was kind of working with someone in my ward, you mm-hmm. know, like just getting some good vocal lessons to like do better, you know, sing better in my musicals and stuff. But I wasn't really, you know, I was just doing it because I liked it. And then, so I met with her. And then after I met with her, like there were just a ton of things that seemed like it wouldn't work if I were to go with her. Like she's really expensive, way more expensive than the lady that I, cause Deborah Bonner worked with uh. Michael Jackson's vocal coach oh, and wow. so she like she was pretty pricey and so yeah she um, she was expensive she at the time we lived in West Jordan and she lived in Provo so that was almost like an hour drive mm-hmm. and I still didn't have, I was 15 at the time so I didn't have my license so my mom would have to drive me all the time It was just nothing and I didn't really know her you know so it just didn't really logically sound right and at the time um, do will take a pause on the music thing for a second at this time with horses I had saved up enough money and I was about to buy a horse. So I was renting it um, monthly and kind of, you know, half owning it with the owner and I was about to buy it. So I was looking for barns and stuff. And so I was at that place too. So I'm like, I don't know if I have money for this music thing. And then as soon as I um, went home, because my mom met with her too, because I was younger, so I was 15. So we we went home and I just couldn't get the feeling out of my mind, like you need to take voice lessons from her. And I was like, I do. No, I I have all this stuff with horses. It's all going to work out. And it's like, no. You need to you need to quit everything with horses and start with her. So I had to call the so, you know after a lot of, after a lot of praying and fasting and more praying and not wanting it to happen <laughs> at first. Um, I did a little bit more grudgingly than I wish I had, but I was like, okay, I'm just you know. So I I called the lady that owned the horse and said, sorry, I can't, you know buy this horse. This is a lady I'd worked with forever. She was at Courage Rains. I moved on with her. This horse was like the ideal first horse. Like I've never, I've never been able to find a horse quite like the one I was about to buy. We had a special bond, but I had to have one more lesson the next day, say goodbye to that horse, and um, and all of the money that I saved up with horses went into music. And went into this vocal, these vocal lessons with Deborah Bonner. And at first I was like, man, you know, like, I've sipped up my entire life for this horse, and all of a sudden, like, it's just... Yeah. You know, I had to follow, like, a little pivot in the path.
0: Yeah.
1: And so... Oh, sorry, what yeah. were you going to say? Something? I don't know.
0: Just, like, what was that like? Because you started saving up when you were, like, what, eight? Yeah. Like...
1: It was It was definitely first, like... At first, I didn't really, like, fathom... I was I was kind of just taking it one step at a time. So, in the moment, I was like, okay, I guess this is something I need to do. I feel strongly about it, and I know it'll all work out. Mm-hmm. And as I've looked back, I'm like, holy cow, what was it? You know, like, it's yeah. <laughs> crazy what I, like, was willing to do at the time. Because, like, you know that. I don't know, anyway, so I just like so much got set aside. I, I literally had to put horses on the back burner and I, cause I like was at this lady's house, like Deborah's house every single day, like I feel like, I, mean, I think it was like three to four times a week, just like coming from West Jordan to Provo. And my mom had to drive me cause I still have my permit, I didn't have my license, but my mom was like, okay, if you felt good about it, we're doing it. Which I thank my mom because she's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. She's right. been a big support. But through Deborah, her son OBA, it's his stage name, Oba Bonner. Mm-hmm. He he like writes songs for people in LA, so he like started teaching me how to songwrite, and so I did songwriting sessions with him. I was going doing lessons with Deborah, and then she found like a a pretty top notch guitarist in Utah, Ryan Rostrom, and he started teaching me guitar. And she's like, we have to find you all the best people because this is something you're going to be doing, you know, for you know, mm-hmm. this is, if you're really wanting to get into this. And in my mind, I'm like. I was still blindly like, following, like, am like, I? Like, I don't know. Okay. Do I want to yeah, do this? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was still thinking about horses, but I, like, every single time I was about to do something with horses, it didn't feel right. And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of sad, but okay. And then I started, the more I started working with her, the more I realized, like, how much I had a passion for music and I didn't realize it. I joined her gospel choir. I, like, at age 16... I was like directing like the sopranos and like that, you know. I was actually knew the alto and soprano parts, so I'd be directing alto and soprano. Like I I'd be like, Hey Deborah where do you need me today? Like Alto and Soprano. Mm-hmm. And like and she used my help a lot at such a young age. And um and through her she actually trained me to become a vocal coach. So now that's what I'm what's getting me through college. And I just think about all these blessings and through her I've met a ton of other people with the music industry and now I I mean, not like a national music industry, but you know like the Utah music scene and Mm -hmm. so now I've been able to perform at a bunch of locations through her I made connections that allowed me to produce my first album and I was able to take that album, so I wrote an album for an organization called Believe International which sponsors students in the Philippines to gain an education and this last, right before all the crazy stuff went down with this world pandemic, uh, last month actually I got to travel to the Philippines and perform my album at the school assemblies that spon- that believe international sponsors, which was a cool experience, and I just feel really strongly now that this is something I need to do. Um, back to the horses thing. So I had like I had to put like complete trust that it was gonna work out the way it was supposed to, according to you know what I felt was right. Um, So, setting horses aside for a while and working on the music stuff.
0: Spoiler alert: she ended up getting horses. Yes, which,
1: which is kind of like the. If I don't know if any of you've seen that picture.
0: The icing on the cake, cherry on top.
1: Right. Yeah, like if you've seen that picture of like the, the girl holding the little teddy bear and Christ has like the giant teddy bear behind him. Oh, yeah, and she yeah, And yeah. he asks her to give her the little teddy bear. I feel like the little teddy bear was the little the one horse I wanted. Uh-huh. But it, think about thinking about this is insane because like if I hadn't have saved up for the horse, like I wouldn't have saved up knowing that I was going to be doing that with music. Right. But I saved up knowing I was going to get a horse. Exactly. So because of that, I had the money I needed to do what I needed to do to get my music career going, you know? Which is really, really cool. And so like, so yeah, the horse thing... I had to take a break. I was teaching some horse lessons while I was, like, doing a bunch of stuff with Debra.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, kind of in my neighborhood and, like, training their horses and stuff just for fun. They were paying me a little bit, but it was most, mostly just to get that, you know, horse horses right. in because I had to get it in somewhere. Um, and I would cry about it a lot, just like, man, you know, like, I was really happy with the music, but I still still feel like I was missing something in my life, you know, with horses. And then, um, after, right after my dad got released bishop from our ward, we moved to Eagle Mountain, because um, that's what every bishop does, they move right after. The <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, so we moved to Eagle Mountain. And once we were in Eagle Mountain, I, we just, we had horse property. And I was like, Mom, why aren't we have horses? And she's trying to keep it on the down low, or whatever. On my 18th birthday, she actually got the two horses that i had been training while I was working with Deborah. Oh, really? And the, the two horses that I was teaching horse lessons on and like training a little bit just to get my horse, you know, fill in. And I got those two horses for my birthday, which is like, and then I just started crying because I was like, holy cow. Now, like, think about if I'd gotten the horse when I'd gotten the horse. It back in the day, like I didn't even have my own horse property, so I'd have to travel and visit it. I wouldn't have all this musical background. I'd be distracted probably by my horse. But the Lord knew exactly when I needed it. He knew I still needed it in my life because I've been able to do a lot of things to like help people because of my like skills with horses.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And but because it like He waited to give it to me until He He knew like I would need it the most. And I especially because that transition moving to Eagle Mountain was really hard for me because we moved when I was 18, and that was like. And right before, like, my senior year is over. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was kind of hard for me because I felt really alone. Because, like, Eagle Mountain's in the middle of nowhere. Right. And so, like, nobody's going there for any particular reason. And so I just, you know, I was always having to make an effort to go out to see other people. But nobody would come visit me. And I just felt really alone. And so the horses are kind of like my friends getting me used to right. that that property. And and then we ended up, we've we, now we board horses. So we have horses that more horses there. And so it's always just such a cool thing to look back on and now like now i have all these musical skills and i have horses mm-hmm. but it's even better than i could have ever imagined
0: exactly cuz
1: now i have three horses of my own minus all of like we have like 13 i don't know 13 or 14 horses on our property right now so it's just like it's awesome i don't know it's so cool when you follow what you what when you follow like directions from god it always works out no matter yeah. how crazy it seems how expensive it is or how yeah so
0: so so how many is it just still the two horses that are like you guys own or do you own more out of the 14 horses so we
1: own three okay and then two of them were the ones that i got when i um when my mom surprised me with those two horses that i had been working with and then one of them was one in our in our new neighborhood a lady who's trying to sell one of her horses so we um, because the other two still were in under training you know mm-hmm. in the training process so I was still working with them but then we got a horse that we could already that was already, was already trained. trained yeah so that we could be riding the one you rode Katie right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we, so yeah the other two are a lot better now though um, I've been working with them but yeah now I'm it's really cool because now it's a whole family thing like I've been able to teach my family all the skills that I know so that even when I'm gone they can work on it. Mm-hmm. it's just been a cool thing all around so
0: and so because of that like you, you kind of talked about the the people you've been able to help with it and it's like if you had started out buying the horse maybe you still would have been able to help all these people through your horses but because you chose to do music there's been a ton of people you've been able to touch that way Mm -hmm. and with your horses and and so it's just I don't know tell me what um, like how have you seen now that you have both where like kind of the blessings that come from both I guess or like how you've been able to help people with both in your life and how you balance both the music and training your horses
1: Yeah. Um, so honestly it's still like you know taking it one step at a time right. I still don't know what the end result will be but um, for me like as far as like balancing it It just kind of depends on like my week like what I have going on that week like yesterday I did I participated in a uh, in a Utah music live stream so like they had artists in Utah come one at a time like they'd sanitize their equipment and then have the next artist come and we did like an online concert that people could pay for and watch and I participated in that Um, and so when it's an event like that I'll be preparing for that for a while and then like, usually on the weekends I go back to my family's house because they only live like 30 minutes away. Right. And so I get to, you know, work with the horses while I'm there. And if there's a week where I'm doing less with music, maybe I'll go back and do more with horses. But I'm also balancing school with it, too, so it's kind of, yeah. and my voice lessons. But it's, you know, it's kind of been nice, though, because it's, this job has allowed it to be a lot more flexible, mm-hmm. which like it's so cool because I love the idea of entrepreneurship, but I I didn't know like what you know because it's always like entrepreneurship is like something you can benefit society like a service you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like you know what could I do? But because Deborah trained me to be a vocal coach, like you know she tra- trained me under the similar techniques that like Michael Jackson was trained under, right? So like, that's also like boosting like the credibility and it's helping me to be able to get more students and stuff, and so um, I have quite a few students because of that. But it's also allowing me to be like hey like if I'm busy a certain day because of my music like if I I had a concert one day so I was like hey can we postpone our lesson to next week or can we reschedule and then they're they're most of my students the majority of them actually are pretty flexible Mm -hmm. and so that's been really nice um something that I can use my entire life you know no matter what happens even with all this pandemic stuff I've been doing my voice lessons on zoom which Mm -hmm. has been really nice um yeah but being able to to have that flexibility in my job has allowed me a lot more freedom. And it's like, I will earn a lot of money in a small amount of time, mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't have to be, like, working for so long. It allows me more time to work on my music and with horses and everything, so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this concert that happened yesterday, that's that's not your first concert. You've had quite a few of these, mm-hmm. right? And so what does preparing for a concert like that look like?
1: Um, it kind of depends.
0: Okay.
1: One... Uh, it depends on what the concert is. Like, for example, I've had people ask me to sing, like, you know, hey, I need, like, someone to sing a duet with me in this song for my, you know, for my set. Like, I sing with Oba Bonner in, um, in a concert once. He just wanted someone to sing a duet with him. Mm-hmm. And so I only had, you know, he sent me the song. I practiced my part and sang it with him. And then when it's, like, my own concert, like, a live stream, I just, like, pulled songs that... I try to fit songs according to... Because, like, I have songs I've written and also covers I could do. Mm-hmm. But I try to fit it according to what, like, the the societal need is... Or, like, the audience need is. Mm-hmm. For example, like, yesterday, a lot of my songs were, like, were... I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hollow by Tori Kelly. But that's one of the songs, like, a cover I pulled that I hadn't really performed a ton. But I had been practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just talks about how, like... How... Um... For me, as an extrovert, it's hard to with social distancing and everything, but like it's kind of talking about how like we can't fill our need with, like with people, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's, and so for me it was like it says like you know, she's talking about someone she doesn't say who it is, but for me I think of God like filling you know filling the need filling the cup anyway so like just kind of like as an I an example but I just kind of pick songs that that'll fit what the audience is struggling with to kind of help them feel mm-hmm. better because my purpose with music is to is to be another positive source of media um, Mm -hmm. throughout all the negative media that's currently in the world and just provide more uplift for people if they're already using media a lot might as well be like another
0: source of good media so yeah so what what helps you decide what the audience needs you know like sometimes um like, I mean, right now it's pretty evident, like you've got a world pandemic going yeah. on. So it's kind of like, yeah. okay, let's let's give them some hope. Let's give them right. some, you know, how to get through tough times or whatever. But in a case where it's not so global pandemic prevalent type mm-hmm. thing, how do you figure out what the audience needs?
1: It's a good question. Um, so a lot of my audience members are actually in the Philippines. Um, And they, they suffer stuff like this a lot. Like they just recently had a volcano erupt and different things. So we got to perform for evacuees while we were there. Um, but like when it's in general, like performing here in America, um, I kind of have like a a base message that I like to share with people. And it's just like how to find joy through life and not find it through like things that won't last, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like to have like a, an underlying message with everything, but just kind of kind of like taint it slightly according to like what's currently what's currently happening in the world you know um I'm trying to think of anything specific yeah but I I mean just like putting out more content overall that's just like I think you know everybody needs a little bit more happiness and Mm -hmm. wholesome you know music which has actually for me gotten like some backlash like I've had you know some people tell me like I'm kind of naive about this whole music thing. Or, like, people telling me they don't like my music. Or, like, you know... Well, people who are also in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... And it's been difficult. Because it's, like, how... So, I've had to try to figure out... How do I... How do I provide wholesome music that's also, like... Something that... That well, like people, people want to listen to. Want to listen to. Right. Right. Because, like, my first album was, like, more for an organization. So, like... I don't know. Anyways. So like, like...
0: You have a message. And you have, like, a goal you're trying to do. And they are trying to, like like they have their specific thing that's yeah. like this little handful audience where you're like you want to start producing some music that everybody or at least a right. much bigger right. range of people can yeah. be like oh this isn't just like cool and uplifting but it's also really fun song. music yeah
1: yeah that was my goal um yeah for sure and just trying to figure out how to do it without sounding fake and without sounding like you know like you can do it you know like because right. it's not always like that but yeah I don't know so i just still, still trying to figure that part out but it's you know it's just coming one step at a time like I couldn't have been where I'm at right now with my music figuring that out if I hadn't first you know taken mm-hmm. the voice lessons or started the songwriting lessons or you know so
0: yeah so I mean when I you first told me you were going to go to the Philippines like I thought that was super cool um, <laughs> thanks cause like it's I mean, it's not every day that like you're asked to go and perform this album that you wrote yeah, in a totally different place, right? Yeah. Like it's really cool. Sure. And so that's that's definitely one part of success that you've seen. But overall, like you talked a little bit about um kind of your purpose with your music, mm-hmm. but what what do you feel like is like after what you have already done with music and what you plan to do, what do you feel like success is for you, and how have you seen it? Um, I mean, with the Philippines, like, that's one part of it, but how else have you seen success, and what would you say success is?
1: So, when I first started, I had a different idea of what I thought success was, and it Mm -hmm. didn't work out. For me, it was just like, everyone will love me, everything will be great, every you know, like, success Mm -hmm. looked perfect to me, and I never... Reached perfection, still haven't, still mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. So, if you let me know, let me know if you figure that out. <laughs> All right. Um,
0: we've, we've got some things in the works, okay? It's, it's coming, sweet.
1: I'm excited <laughs> to listen to that. <laughs> um, but for me, like, I've noticed, like, like you know, there's for example, like, I was trying to think about it, and then, like, there's this one time that I have a, a friend who was kind of struggling with a few things, wasn't really. You know, she wasn't really in a great spot in life and wasn't, you know, planning to do great things with her life because of it. And, you know, so my family's just been putting out positive media. Because my family kind of sings now, too. We kind of have, like, a... So I have my own music thing, and I have a music thing with, like, a sibling band. But we were were putting out some music videos that were just kind of, like, some uplifting messages. um, That had, like, some uplifting messages behind them. And then there was just one day that the girl posted one of the songs, and it's like, she left the church, but she said, she said, you know, like, I just, have had such a hard time with life, but the two things that are getting me through, and like, helping me through the spirit are like, are like, you know, remembering God through, Tor- like, my family, my family dance, Torch Family Music, so she said, remembering like, God through Torch Family Music, and then one other thing, and I was like, if we saved one person's life, and then I die, and that's the only person that I've ever helped, then that's success to me, for me, it's every single little person that I can, that, you know can be uplifted by this by this, you know, the music and the things that I have to offer, whether it be the horses, um, and just like every little miracle, every little text I get, like, you know, you're like the music that you're presenting really helped me through this in my life. And for me it's like, it's not about me, it's about it's about God. And it's kinda like Matthew 5, 14, where it's like, you know, set your light on a hill. Mm-hmm. that when others see it they'll see Christ kind of that idea Right. for me that's kind of what I'm seeing but not like for me I used to think I tried to I had to help everybody at once mm-hmm. but it's one individual person at a time right. and for me that's what I've seen successes is, is like by the small and simple things or what bring to pass great things and all mm-hmm. these little experiences have seen like oh I have helped a ton of people because mm-hmm. of this person this one time when she posted this and are like you know about my music or this and this and even if nobody is just knowing that that has happened before and also just knowing that that because of all the like tender mercies that have happened with my music, I know that I will, be, will bless, bless people eventually because that's why we're on this earth, you know? Right. So, it's just that's, that's, that's what keeps me going even in the hardest times to like, like, uh, am I being successful? Because it's hard when it's like you're relying on someone else to be successful. Mm-hmm. So, I've had to like lean away from that as well. But just knowing that like helping one person at a time is mm-hmm. more influential than helping everybody at once. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh... I am definitely a big supporter of the help, like helping the one, you know, helping mm-hmm. people one person at a time. And that's, I mean, a little bit with this podcast, um, is like me just interviewing people one-on-one, just hearing their stories, hearing, yeah. hearing what they want to share. Um, and a, a big part of it for me is like, like it helps me a lot. Cause it just helps me realize like, okay, what's important to other people, um, and how how can I best relate to others and how can I best um, kind of apply some of the things in their life to mm. help me grow and help me be able to better help people, you know? Yeah. Um, But also just like um, just in general in life when you're um, like it's really easy to get caught in all of the huge things that are happening. Yeah, for sure. But honestly like the best like when you feel like you've done the most good at least for me is when like you send a text to somebody that you haven't seen for a while and mm-hmm. you're like hey like there's all this craziness going on how are you feeling through this and yeah we're like um you know just just little just people that come into your mind and you're like oh you know i haven't talked to them for a while how can i help them and maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's just a little text maybe you need to bring them some cookies Maybe you yeah. need to, you know, like, who knows what it is, but uh, people just like to be thought about, right? Like people yeah. like to know that they're loved and that they're cared about, mm-hmm. um, and that they have someone to listen to. And yeah. so
1: I feel like we often try to overcomplicate it and it's like, man, like, you know, I didn't do this and this and this, and this but it's like, but think about things you did do and like start with that, you know, yeah. I've been trying to keep a tender mercy journal, like every night.
0: That's awesome. And
1: I've noticed, like, the more... Like, at first, it's kind of hard to write. Like, I try to set a... T- like, okay, I'm going to write for 15 minutes every single day. And at first, it was like, I can't... You know, like, I can't think of anything. Like, so I try to think of the weird, dumbest things, you know? Like, right. is this a standard I guess it is. And the more I've done it, like, now it's like, oh, I'm running out of time. Shoot, you know, I've got to keep <laughs> writing. Because I've found that the more that I've that I notice it the more it's abundant because it's kind of like what we focus on flourishes mm-hmm. so it's like I'm focusing on the good things that are happening so more good things start to happen you know because right. I'm looking for good not looking for negative and I think that's another attribute to success mm-hmm. too.
0: yeah and I think one thing that like I'm trying to be better at is like know I was writing in my journal a few weeks ago and I kind of talked about how I see all these people who are doing all these cool things like you're going to you're going to the Philippines. I have these people that are these heads of companies or heads of parts of the university and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, what big things am I doing? Like I'm, like how, like I need to kind of match them and match their success. Mm-hmm. But so much of success and helping people is the one, and that's something that I'm trying yeah. to get better at. And is,
1: an interesting aspect of that is like we often see what other people are doing their success but we don't see like the bo- like the bottom of the iceberg everything that they've done to get to where they are at that exactly. point you know because of like yeah I don't know I could talk on and on about every single little de- experience and it wasn't always easy for me especially the music it was like horses were like something I was you know like it was an easy path for me mm-hmm. but music was like really hard for me and it was something that took me not like not music like music in- like the intuition and stuff like that was yeah. something I was I've been but being able to, to produce
0: and right yeah, and also like and
1: having being okay with people not liking it you know right. like I've had a lot of a lot of experiences that were embarrassing on mm-hmm. stage different experiences that yeah. but it molds and shapes you into dis- yeah, a exactly. successful person and every individual person has their own little
0: mm-hmm.
1: like every single day thing that leads up to a big thing yeah. so
0: and I mean like things like that can can really be deteriorate deteriorating right like little little embarrassing moments or people who say they don't like your music or whatever that can really hurt, mm-hmm. but if you take it in the right way and you're like, okay, like, how can I learn and grow from this? Then ultimately yeah. I can help you as a musician and help you be better, whatever.
1: What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly. Right? <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So you talk about kind of how hard it was to really, um, uh, to really kind of see some of the fruits of your, of your music and why it was. So in like, what were kind of some of your daily habits in improving your music? And what things, what little things did you see that have helped you the most in the long term?
1: Hmm. So, as far as what I did every day, every day looks pretty different. As a homeschooler, it made it really nice to be able to do so much with my music. I, of course, I did like some, had some textbooks for like other like general topics like you know math and different things and prepping for the ACT or whatever but my like huge focus was music and it was because I was homeschooled I was able to do that when I when I was able to drive I literally like lived at the Bonner's house for half the week and I would just do like literally I was there like in the morning she would do like an hour and a half vocal lesson and then like like an intensive to like really strengthen my voice and then we'd like have like Three or four hours of like vocal coach training, and then I would be in the gospel choir practice, which went from like set like seven by the time it got to that point, it was like 7 p.m. So I was like throwing in like something to like warm up in her microwave for dinner, and you know, and like right, and then I would have choir at her house from like seven to like 10 p.m., and then she had a small group of the more like dedicated choir members that she felt were really improving and had a lot of talent. And so she like put me into that group and I was there until like 1am. And then I had like seminary the next morning at like 6am. And so that was like my, my daily routine. And, and sometimes like that's why I said it wasn't always easy. You know, like there were times I'm like, I get no sleep ever and it's awful. But like, <laughs> but again, not focusing on that and focusing on like, okay, I need to do this and I know I need to do it. And so that's what was keeping me going. Um, and I feel like the little things that helped me a lot were the mentors. Was the mentorship, you know, like the being able to see successful people already doing what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. and trying to to catch what they did, what the little things they did to to do, you know, to get mm-hmm. to where they were. Like Deborah, through all the training, she like we got really close, and she taught she like told me a bunch of stories about her own music life you know and that was really inspiring to me to help me to keep going too and like when I was working with horses more frequently like this um with my mentor who I almost bought the horse from she had experiences that led her to her horse things that because we got close she helped me you know to know and so I think like working with people who already are doing what you what you aspire to do is really you know really beneficial so yeah
0: that yeah. is so awesome Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's so much good out there. There's so much good out there.
1: Yeah, and each individual person has, like, a huge life story. Just, I'm looking in front of us right now. I see, like, a gajillion cars driving. Every single person's driving somewhere for a reason, and who knows what they like. Every person has their own little mission on this earth. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I always think about that when I'm driving. I'm like, Like, why are all these people driving? Like, where are they (laughs) going? What are they doing? Like, who are they? (laughs) It's so interesting.
0: And I think, like, that's honestly, as, as far as, like, a selfish reason for this podcast is I want to just be able to hear more of those stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, most of the people on this podcast I'm going to at least know sort of, but there's so many stories and there's so many things I don't know about so many people. And mm-hmm. so hopefully through this, I'll be able to kind of, you know, just maybe that one extra car the red and the sea of gray and black yeah. that I'll be able to be like, oh, okay, that's a cool story. What other cool yeah. stories are there out there? You know,
1: because yeah. the reason like being alive alone is a success, and so like everybody's oh. had to get over something to still be where they are. You know, right? They made it past 16 because they're driving, so <laughs> that's nice.
0: That's <laughs> true. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they've made it past yeah, that's 16. True. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I definitely feel like I'm this either. I say 5 or 50 a lot, where it's like, I either feel like I'm this super mature, know what's going on type of person, or I'm this five-year-old who is like this Gosh. fetus in the world who doesn't know anything <laughs> and can only follow the people around him. And it's I couldn't like...
1: have said it better. <laughs> Especially like moving out and nothing on my own. I'm like, oh,
0: Oh, wow. there is so much I don't know. Yeah. Like, uh, but also it's...
1: like, but also it's like, oh. I've still made it like two semesters in college and I'm like, okay, maybe I've got a hold on things and something new comes like this pandemic and I'm like, ah, I'm oh, I'm on my own. Ah. Oh. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not on my own. Thankfully, my family's nearby. Yeah. Good people. So, good people. yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Sonny, thanks for, thanks for being with me and yeah, for hanging out and sharing your story. And is there, is there anything else you need, to, you need the viewers to know?
1: Just know that you're loved know that you're here for a reason and if you don't feel like you're here for a reason then think again because we all have individual stories that need to be shared so
0: absolutely thanks
1: for doing this Jesse
0: yeah so the challenge this week that I uh, I feel like is prevalent is one find one person that you can help not like doing big service things are great but find that one person that's sitting there in your mind and you're like, hmm, mm-hmm. maybe maybe they need a text. Maybe they need cookies. Maybe they need to go on a hike or do something. Um, social distancing is making that a little harder. Um,
1: hey, it's, if it's less than 10 people, you're good.
0: You're good. One you person. It's good. not 10
1: people. <laughs> exactly.
0: So pay somebody a visit. Send somebody a nice text. And, uh, yeah, just just find one person that, that needs your help. That... Um, and maybe they don't even know they need your help. Maybe you, uh, they just come to your mind and you send them a text and they're like, man, I was pretty worried, but now I'm just a little bit less worried. Yeah. And so.
1: Be a light in their life.
0: Be a light in their life. That's a great way to put it. Awesome. Okay. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Sunny, for being here. If you guys want to follow her on social media, listen to some of her music.
1: Sunny Grace Music. Or you can find SunnyGraceMusic.com nice. as well. And yeah, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, yep. all the fun things. I just put out an original
0: she last did. week.
1: And I wrote it with OBA, actually, the one who actually helped me to become a songwriter. So we, like, co-wrote it together. It's called Best Version, and you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, all your favorite music platforms. So just mm-hmm. throwing that plug in there. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes. And uh, her uh, her family's music is also, is it just Torch?
1: Yeah, so, like, the full name's Torch Family Music. Um, all the similar platforms uh we have a ton of music videos that's that's our big thing we do music videos and we do a lot of live shows can't really do that right now so we're doing more music videos but yeah do some vlogs too so
0: yeah i've been been to their uh, family shows and sunny's the oldest so it's super fun to watch her um kind of interact with her siblings on stage and she's uh she's a really good sister so seeing both off behind stage backstage (laughs) that's what it is backstage and on stage it's it's fun to see um so yeah, look them up on social media and uh, make sure you follow the, uh, the growth perspective on Instagram and uh, hopefully you guys will uh, have a beautiful week and remember the challenge to go and uh, find one person to help. We'll see you next time.